Good morning. Welcome to the Market Rant for APW week ending 1st of October 2021. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. Okay, this week I thought we'd have a quick run around the papers um, or online papers uh, to see where we are in the overall UK residential market and how we got here. So we we'll start off with the Telegraph and Telegraph has some interesting um, information, I think basically from Zoopla. And it says that house prices rose by £44 every day in the last six months. So that's where we are. How do we get here? So the second part of the talk is going to be how do we get here? And then finally, what's going, what we're going to do going forward potentially in that marketplace. Uh, house prices increased on average £44 every day in the last six months, hitting a record high of £235,000 in August, according to Zoopla. Uh, the hottest areas were the southeast and southwest, which was £64 and £63 a day. That's basically because they're more expensive areas, to clarify that. Manor homes in August were 6.1% higher than the same month last year, which is double the growth rate for two years earlier. Demand in September was 35% above average compared to the last five years' figures, and it's the highest level recorded since May, and it showed the smaller stamp duty savings on offer since the holiday tapered at the end of July have not deterred buyers. Uh, Grain Gilmore of Zoopla said the end of stamp duty has little effect. The demand is coming from buyers searching for space and making lifestyle changes after consecutive lockdowns, and it has further to run. So I'm, I'm going through this because I still get clients now asking me what's going on in the UK property market, and I'm just sort of doing this from an informational perspective. Okay, the time to sell, t- time taken to sell a property is still at record lows. Average home on the market was 27 days to sell in August, compared to the normal time of the year of the last five years, which was 40 days. The race for space in the wake of lockdown has meant that year-to-date agreed sales were 16% up, compared to 2017-19, and the flow of new supply was down 4.7%. However, Miss Gilmore said there's signs that the supply crunch could ease up going into next year. Um, what else? What has meant that apparently a lot of landlords have rushed in in the UK to sell in the three months of September, 7.9% of homes on the market were previously rental properties, which is triple the normal period for 2019. Return to the office drove a 14% jump in buyer demand in the capital, and demand for UK uh, London house prices, demand for London houses was up 25%, compared to a 6% jump in flats. So basically the capital's back into it now after it being very much a sort of like um, out in the provinces. So what does this tell us? The boom market has plenty of time left to run. UK residential property has become more expensive, but with low interest rates and further upside, it's still a good buying opportunity. Post-COVID hotspots, the Midlands, e-commerce, MedTech, Swansea, Cambridge, Oxford, Cardiff, are still good, but perhaps it's time to start looking at London again as that comes into play. So that's the Telegraph. Um, Daily Mail, blessed. Of course, the Daily Mail goes back to how did we get here, which is what my theme is with the Daily Mail. Um, it says, buy to let turns 25 this year. The first mortgage products with its name on were officially launched on September the 24th, 1996 at a lending industry gathering in central London. 
Since then, the number of buy-to-let mortgage products has surged, and today there are 2.65 million landlords in the UK, of which 59% are 55 or above. Or above. So don't be put off, though, if you're under 55, you can still do it. Um, meanwhile, despite suggestions in the Telegraph that I just mentioned, obviously the mail doesn't say this, I'm saying this, despite suggestions in the Telegraph previously that buy-to-let interest has peaked, the number of mortgage deals available to landlords has gone up to 3,000, according to Money Facts, and the buy-to-let sector is thriving, even though we've had tax clampdowns and changes during the pandemic, including a ban on tenant evictions. Why is it still going forward so well? We've got many investors searching for a better return they get on cash, which is obviously zero, including inflation. It's probably going backwards about 4% a year. And many investors are using SPV structures to really gain those lost tax benefits, which you can do. You can get into Myrus again that way. So almost 160,000 60, buy-to-let loans were issued during the first six months of this year, according to UK Finance. That's 26 billion over the period and compa compares to 54 billion between under 20 years from 2000 to 2020. So that's a huge amount of lending. Massive growth in the sector can be categorized into four periods, according to Daily Mail. First one is uh, rapid growth, which is basically unregulated, and it just went crazy. I can tell you, I was, I was in the UK during this period, getting involved in property. You get loans up to 120%, um, and valuations are not controlled. And you, someone who used to go around just drive past and make up a figure, and they would lend against that, and no one checked it. Okay, then you have financial crisis. Financial crisis struck in 2007, and overnight banks stopped lending. Northern Rock crashed, Bradford and Bingley went under, Mortgage Express called it a day. You know, basically it went very badly. Between 2008 2010, number of loans written by buy house purchase halved, basically. So that's what you had. Then you had post-GFC recovery, and this is why GFC and now is different. The buy market became more prudent. Lenders take an increasingly cautious approach to underwriting mortgages and leads to the current period of regulation and tax consolidation. So that's the fourth part. Expansion of the buy-to-let sector and return of house, rising house prices saw concerns, but from the government that a number of landlords, the number of landlords competing with first-time buyers is getting too great. And so the government, in a drive to increase home ownership and grow the number of first-time buyers, okay, so remember Margaret Thatcher's heyday, bless her, home ownership almost reached 80% of the stock in the UK. In 2000, it was down at 70%. In today, it's down at 646 So it's a declining ownership market, more renters, which is at odds with buy-to-let landlords getting out of the market, frankly, especially when you've got no social housing really going on in the UK now, which, again, is a terrible thing. So the government introduced measures in 2016 to curb landlord house purchases. As you may remember, 3% stamp duty surcharge was introduced. Phase end of Myrus mortgage tax relief, which you still can now get through SPVs, which is a crucial selling point. More regulations introduced, including stringent underwriting rules for portfolio landlords with four or more properties and lending controls. So there's a lot more stress testing going on. And if I, just recently, they've increased the 2% non-resident tax. So basically what you've got is, is the government trying to push landlords back, get first-time buyers back into the marketplace, which isn't really working. It, what, do you think, what do we think the future holds? Well, if you read the, the Savills update today, the monthly update, they still say house prices are expected to rise ex-London by 25% 
over the next five years. This is going to squeeze more potential owner occupiers out of the market and increase the buy to let. Which if you're living offshore and you can set up through an SPV, that's a great buying opportunity. However, you know, there will be bumps on the road and you know, don't see in the in the Daily Mail or whatever newspapers these shock horror things. But the government has proposed that all rented housing will require an EPC certificate of a minimum C by 2028. And look at all rented stock homes in the UK, six out of ten currently are below that. So that's an example of things that could be bumps on the on the horizon. But overall, it's a very positive marketplace. Now, finally, we get to the sun, our stalwart. And the sun has got one of London's skinniest houses is on the market for £800,000, despite being only 13 feet wide. So basically, what a great place. It's a house in Kensington, Chelsea. Okay, it's very stylish. It's just around the corner from the V&A Museum. Um, but it's only 13 feet wide. Why? Because then they put a tube line down the back of it back in the day and cut it in half. But I think it's been in some films, actually. I think I have seen it in a James Bond film. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so there we go. Well, what does it mean? Value for, for money can be found everywhere. If it's a head decision, buying a 13-foot wide house can make sense because it's great yield on it, apparently. Apparently the rental yield is over 6%, which for London is phenomenal. So there we go. That's it for the market wrap for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this week, we do have a number of uh, webinars coming up, which will have details for you at, at the end. So do do subscribe to the newsletter if you like. Subscribe to our newsletter that goes out on a Sunday with all the news we've collated for clients. Um, thank you very much. Cheerio and hopefully see you next week.